to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. I've been doing Easter services for a long time, and there's one word that just kept coming back to me this year. One word that came back to me this year that I thought, you know what, all right, I'll cover that. I'll cover that. It does have to do with the resurrection, but the resurrection is the, is the, the crown on top of what our subject matter will be today. Uh, subject matter today is blood. Blood. You ever wonder, why did Jesus have to shed his blood? What is it about blood? What is it about blood that freaks us out? What is it about blood that is so necessary for God to have to shed his own blood for us? Blood is the most amazing and most important fluid to us as human beings, isn't it? Uh, in, in a few moments, we're going to look at some facts regarding some blood. And, and, but I don't think that any would argue this point that without blood, we would do what? Die. We would die. We can't live without blood. Blood is life-giving. Blood is cleansing. If you know, know anything about blood, you know that blood, it cleanses, it carries away the waste and the filth in our bloodstream. That otherwise, if it didn't, it would kill us. It's, it's, blood is also healing. It coagulates, it clots, and it covers, and it seals an open wound so that we don't leak out like a punctured water balloon. Think about it. That's kind of a cool aspect to God's creation in us. You ever pop a, a, a balloon with like a needle, a water balloon with a needle or something like that where it doesn't just explode on you, but it just sits there and leaks out? How come it doesn't, how come it doesn't fix itself like we do? Our bodies just fix itself for the most part. Obviously, sometimes we need to stitch it back together and what have you, but uh, it's pretty amazing. Blood. The Bible tells us that we're all of the same blood. In Acts chapter 17, I'm going to read just a couple of passages to you very quickly. God, it says in Acts chapter 17 verse 24, it says, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord and of heaven and earth, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. He's determined their pre-appointed, pre-appointed times of life and death and their boundaries of their, of their dwelling so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in God, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. Did you see what it said there? And he made from one blood every nation. He made from one blood every nation. 
There's one blood. We're all, we all bleed the same color of red regardless of what country we are from or what skin color we are or what gender we happen to be. We all bleed the same color. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life, is, uh, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you, God speaking to Moses, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. God places a high importance on blood when he identifies it in the first homicide. Remember the first homicide in the Bible? Who, what was the first homicide? Someone. Cain and Abel, right? Cain got a little upset with Abel because God liked... Abel's sacrifice a little more than Cain's. What did God say to to Cain? Where's your brother? What did Cain say? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? But Cain had done what? He'd killed him in the field, right? But God said, your brother's what? Blood is crying out to me from the ground. And that the earth has opened its mouth and accepted your brother's blood and has taken in your brother's blood. Blood. I, I don't mean to gross anybody out. And man, I'll tell you, if I, I was a little nervous about doing this because it, we're going to talk a lot about blood. And I don't mean if you're squeamish on blood, I won't show any you know, pictures up here of blood. But you think about blood and you think, it's graphic. It's tough. I don't know... What happens to you when you see blood? But for some of us, some of you, blood doesn't really get me as much as it gets some people. Some people, man, you see blood and you're out. You pass out. My dad was one of those guys. I fell off a bunk bed when I was a little boy. Fell on the back of my head. I got a scar on the back of my bald spot somewhere. I can't see it. You can. You can look at it afterwards. Um <laughs> But I fell off my mom's bed and hit my head on the bottom rail um, when I was a little boy. And, and I, was, I was like, you know, some blood was coming out. And my dad came in and he goes, he comes in, he goes, what happened? And his knees go, oh, he, and he, he goes, Nance! And he calls my mom. <laughs> uh, my dad listens to this whip. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, my dad, he, he called my mom. My mom came in. She took care of it. You know, but here's the thing. When we see blood on the ground, man, I'll tell you, a little bit of blood goes a long way, doesn't it? A little bit of blood on the ground. It just, oh, man, it freaks you out. It's scary. It's frightening at times. Blood is in... I, I, I think that the reason why we are so... We have this, this visceral reaction when we see blood on the ground. Maybe yours, it doesn't bother you so much. But when you have a child and then you see blood on the ground and it's theirs, the game changes. Or if it's your wife or someone you love and, and their blood is on the ground and, and they, can't, they can't speak or, or if, if you know, they're knocked out or something like that, you, you've got a reaction because blood freaks us out a bit. Because we can't lose it. If we lose it, we're hurting. Hey, a couple, just a few statistics on blood. Do you know that nearly 7% of the body weight of an average adult is made up of blood? Here's something that's pretty interesting. 
You know, in, in an average adult body, it has 60,000 miles. Yes, 60,000 miles of blood vessels running through the body. And to, to mentally grasp what this means is that if you were to take every single blood vessel of a person, of a human being, and stretch it end to end, and the earth, just so you know, is 25,000 miles in circumference or in diameter. You would circle, on an average adult person, you'd circle the globe two and a half times with just one person's blood vessels. That's how many blood vessels are in one person. You think, how? I don't know. That's a hard one for me to believe too, but that's what they say. An average adult male has 6.6 liters of blood, whereas an average adult female has 4.5 liters. I'm just joking. Newborn baby. I thought this was kind of interesting. We'll have just about a cup of blood in its body when it's born. We might think of we might think of pus as am I grossing people out? Is that why people are leaving? Okay. Okay, good. Okay. I'm thinking all right, now I've got three women that have gone. <laughs> three women have gotten up and left. Okay. I mean, it would ruin the rest of my message. we just go, hey, let's sing some songs and let's be gone. Because I'm talking about some blood here. Um, we might think of pus as being a bit disgusting. However, pus is simply white blood cells that have died while defending our body from any infections. Who has a, who has a scab here right now? Anybody have a scab? You have a scab? You have a scab? Can you see your scab? Look down at your scab and say, thank you. I mean, they died to seal you up so you didn't leak out like a, like a balloon. They died for you. They sacrificed themselves. In fact, there's like a special forces type of white blood cell called a granulocyte that covertly seeks out and hunts down any harmful bacteria in our circulatory system. And when they locate the enemy, they identify him, they destroy him by ganging up and engulfing them. Special forces. They, the, though we can survive by artificial organs, such as an artificial heart, however, there's no substitute for human blood. There's no such thing as artificial blood. Here's kind of a cool thing. Supposedly, mosquitoes have a special palate for type O blood. Any of you all have type O blood in here? Yeah? Mosquitoes like you? Yes, they do. <laughs> you know, when I saw this, I looked at my blood bank donor card, and I saw that I have type A negative. And I'm just thinking, we got some stupid mosquitoes because they love me. I don't know about you, but... Uh, it's just kind of interesting. You know that they estimate that it'd take 1.2 million mosquitoes together to drain a typical average adult human entirely of their blood? That's nothing to do with their message. Um, blood is comprised of three main components. Red blood cells, platelets, and white blood cells. One drop of blood, in one drop of blood, there are about a half of a billion red blood cells. 
For every 600 red blood cells, there are about 40 platelets and one white cell. Now you understand why we call these elite group of fighters like the Delta Force team of your blood. The white blood cells. That's, those are the guys. Next time you have a scab, thank it. Give them a burial. Right now, in this room, every second in the average adult human body, almost 2 million red blood cells die. There's a lot of death going on in this room right now. But... Take heart, nearly 2 million red blood cells are produced in your bone marrow every second to replace the dying cells. Did you know that the crazy dictator Saddam Hussein, during the late 90s, he commissioned some people to write a Quran, a complete Quran using his own blood. And though it still remains, this book, the Muslim leaders don't know what to do with it because it's an Islamic sin to write the Quran to to write the Quran out of blood, but it's also an Islamic sin to destroy a Quran. So they don't know what to do with this book. <laughs> it's just like, what do you do? Blood is interesting. Blood is valuable. Blood is something that we never really, we still don't completely understand blood. Blood is amazing. God created blood to give you life. We don't understand it completely. Back in the days of George Washington, you know how George Washington died? Some of you guys know that. He had a sore throat. What? Yeah, well, yeah, he, 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 he died of the sickness, but... The doctors back in their day, the, the, the big doctors, they said, hey, bloodletting is the way to go. And so they, they thought, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open you up and we're going to drain your blood. And so they drained almost half of George Washington's blood out of his body. And he ended up dying from a sore throat. Because the blood was, there wasn't enough blood. The life is in the blood. That's why God says, hey, don't drink the blood. Don't drink blood. Don't do that. There's an importance upon the blood that I don't know that we completely and totally understand nor can we completely and totally appreciate. One thing I do know is that when you and I are born, we're born into sin. The blood that carries into us is tainted with sin. It's tainted. We're tainted. We have a, 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 a disease that passes on from one person to another. And what we need and what Jesus provided for us and why we celebrate this day. He died on a cross and he shed his blood for you and I. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. That's not my rules. That's God's rules. I didn't create man. God created man. God created man with the ability, and and, and here's the thing. We still don't all understand much about blood, but God understands it all. And if you think, back in the days of George Washington, that they think draining his blood would actually make him better because actually what they're doing, the thought was, we're draining out the bad blood out of him. Well, no, you drained out the good blood that was trying to attack the infection 
and you ended up killing him. The brightest minds thought they knew. Well, we have bright minds today that think they know, but they don't know. Not completely. We might know a lot of things about it. We just don't understand completely the composition and how to artificially manufacture it. That's something that God has done. I mean, if, if there isn't, you know, many things that is a proof text that, that, that draw us to an, an actual designer and a creator in God, you know, I don't think one person needs to look even any farther than blood. I mean, with all of our vast technology, we cannot come up with an artificial blood. We, we have everything, we think. We have these brilliant minds, and yet, they're still not more brilliant than the mind of God. God created this. He understands. He knew that there was, in a drop of blood, there were a half a billion red blood cells, 40 platelets, and only one white blood cell, Delta Force guy. He understood that those things will all break up and they'll all do their own things. They all have a purpose. Here's the thing. God understands that. And for whatever reason, God used that part of the design of mankind to be the very essence that would wash away sin in his son. But the problem is, from Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden, there was a tainting of their blood all the way through the rest of mankind that passed down to you and I. We're sinful. Because if we could, which we can't, because you know the, 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 you know, the, the books and Ancestry.com doesn't go back this far. We can't go back and trace all of our ancestry all the way back accurately enough to Adam and Eve. But you know what? Here's the thing. We all look a lot different here in this room. And here's the thing. We all came from the same, from the same two parents. So we're all related. Way, way back. But the thing is, when they sinned, God says, on the day that you sin, you will surely die. There's something that's going to happen in you and something did happen. And so sin passed on in that bloodline all the way to where you and I sit in our seats today. Well, how did Jesus get out of that then? Well, because the seed is not passed through a woman. The seed is passed through a man. Hence the importance of Christmas. That Jesus was born from a virgin woman. The Holy Spirit came upon her and implanted a seed within her. The only person ever to ever have that happen. So how is it that Jesus' blood could be so pure that the shedding of his blood could actually effectually be used for you and I? It's because God had to step in and right a wrong and put within Mary a pure seed. And then Jesus. Jesus didn't get married. Jesus didn't have kids. And so from that point on, there aren't sinless kids out there. Jesus died without having any natural birth kids. The kids that Jesus has are spiritually birthed. They're spiritually birthed. 
And that is God's design. That's God's design. We need a heavenly transfusion. I'm going to read just a couple more verses here to you. And, and, and then I'm going to wrap it up here. But here's the thing. In Hebrews chapter 9, you don't have to turn there, you can if you want, but in Hebrews chapter 9, we have the writer of Hebrews, who I believe is Paul. Some of you might disagree, but it's okay to be wrong. Um, I'm just joking. I, I don't know who. I think it is Paul. I think it's Paul. Um, I had to write a paper on my reasonings for that one time, and I, I think it was, I, I like it. I like the idea. But what we see here in the writer of Hebrews, we're talking about Christ. What the writer of Hebrews is doing is he's laying out to you and I, he's laying out to the Hebrew Christians, he's laying out to anyone who is reading this letter the importance of the blood of Jesus Christ, the importance of who Jesus is. He's talking and he's making a differentiation between the Old Covenant, which was found in the Old Testament through Moses. And, he, you know, the Old Covenant was ratified and actually established by having animals sacrificed and some of that blood even being dripped upon the Old Covenant. Again, blood. Why blood? Because it is an amazing fluid. And it's something very important to God. And, and so the Old Testament in the law, blood, used, blood was used to ratify that and, and to bless it and to make it holy. In the New Covenant, that's what we hear here, what we see here. I'll pick it up in verse 6. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest only went once a year, but not, not, now it's talking about the Old Testament, the Old Testament rituals and what would have to happen. You know, every day they'd go into the first part of the temple, but once a year into the second part, only one time behind the Holy of Holies, this high priest went alone once a year, but not without blood which he offered for himself and for the people's sin, sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest or made known while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic. It was an example. It was a picture. What, what the writer of Hebrews is saying, it was a picture of what Jesus would be for you and I one day. So when you and I go back and we look at the Old Testament, we hear the stories of Moses and you hear the stories of the tabernacle walking through, you know, going along with the children of Israel through the desert and all that. And the tabernacle, it, it, the, and then eventually a temple being built and what have you. All of those things were an example. They were symbolic to say, hey, this is a picture of things to come. The temple is a picture of, of, of the Lord coming among you, you know? This, this is something that, that is a, a picture and it's symbolic. That's what he says here. He says in verse 9, it was symbolic, the tabernacle was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered. 
which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. So even back in the Old Testament, even though they took blood in there, they couldn't completely have their sins forgiven. They had it covered. They had it covered. So if, if you and I were back in the Old Testament days, when the priest went into the, into the, to the, to the temple to offer you know, blood for us, to offer a sacrifice for us, for atonement, that was a picture of, of like a stain being covered with the blood, but with, with kind of a cleansing you know, uh, article to hide the stain. But if you remove that, the stain's still there. The difference between the old and the new is that in the old, your sins were covered, but they still remained. In the New Testament, they're not covered, they're washed away. They're washed away. And how? That's what he's talking about. That that old tabernacle, it was symbolic for the present time in which both the gifts and the sacrifice are offered, but they can't make anyone who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances that imposed until the time of Reformation, until the time of Christ. Verse 11, But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect, perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. And not, verse 12 says, not with the blood blood of goats and of calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all. Gang, I don't know if you understand the magnitude of this, the, the importance of understanding this. Please understand. Jesus had to enter one time with his blood. Once for all. That blood could forgive me of my sin as much as it could, can, can, could forgive you of your sins and cleanse both of us. There's an old uh, Shakespearean style of a writer, if you will. His name was Christopher Marlowe. He lived back in the 15-1600s. He, he wrote a poem back in 1604, a play called The, the Tragical uh, History of Dr. Faustus. Some of you guys might know it. But in the play, Faustus, the doctor, he engages Lucifer, who has come to claim Dr. Faustus stole his soul while he was on his deathbed. And Faustus said to, to Lucifer, see, see where Christ's blood streams in the firmament. One drop would save my soul. Half a drop. Ah, my Christ. I love the, 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 the visual right there. One drop could save my soul. No, half a drop. Half a drop. The blood of Christ saves us. It's why he went to the cross. The blood of goats. He went in once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption for you and I. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purify, purifying of the flesh, how much more the blood of Christ 
who went through the who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge how will he not purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God I don't have time to read the rest of this passage but it says likewise he I, I'm fast forwarding verse 21 now then likewise he Jesus sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry and according to the law almost all things were purged with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission there's no forgiveness that remission means no forgiveness without the blood of Jesus Christ shedding his blood there is no forgiveness of your sins you and I will stand before God and have to answer for the sin that we have committed in our life there's no white blood cells to be there as Delta Force to protect us from that leaky. We are going to have to stand there on our own and we're going to have to give an answer for why we live the way we live. Why God should allow us into, our king, into his kingdom. And, and And it finishes up, it says, therefore it was necessary that Jesus had to go in. It was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but he went into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for you and for me. Not that he shall offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. No, because then Jesus would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once for the end of the ages, or at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of you and I. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus rose again from the dead, it wasn't his blood that rose him. He drained his blood. His blood was shed. It was the perfect, holy blood that was draining upon the cross on that day. I know it's graphic, it's ugly, and it, and it, it can kind of make some of us woozy when we start thinking about all of the blood that was shed on the cross that day. But it was necessary. He died. He died on a cross for you and I. But as many, he says, John writes, he goes, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were, not, who, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. When we're born again, we have been washed and we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. How are we born again? It's by understanding why that tomb door stands open today. It's because Jesus had to pay the penalty. As we just read here in, in Hebrews chapter 9, didn't we read it? For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. Now you might, and I know that there are those that will look at it and go, well, that's kind of a, a horrible thing. I mean, that God came up with blood having to be shed for people to have to, you know, have forgiveness of sins. That's just, I don't, I don't really want to play by those rules. Well, 
you are playing by those rules. This is his planet. You are his creation. And whether or not you like it or not, I don't, I don't mean to sound so gruff and so matter-of-factly, but here's the thing. You're in this. And you're going to have to answer to him. This is the way that he chose to do it. And, and you can dis, disregard it and you go, well, I, I just, I'm not going to do it his way. I don't have to do what you're saying. I don't have to acknowledge that I have to go through the blood of Jesus Christ. I think that that's graphic. I think that that's morbid. I think that that's gross. Well, it's the way that God had set up the plan to redeem your soul. Yes, it was gross. Do you think that he wanted to go and have his blood shed for you? Do you think that he, he man, I can't wait to get down there and, and let the people that I love so much abuse me and beat me and cast me out and, and, and rip my beard and throw a crown of thorns on my head and, and jaw, you know, jaw at me and taunt me and mock me and rip my face beard out and pierce me upon a, a cross and whip me 39 times minus one with this horrific cat of nine tails, this flagrum, do you really think that I, wow, I can't wait to do that. No, it was for you and it was for me. It was his love that, that, that caused him to go to the cross. It was his love that caused him to endure the pain. It, it was his love that caused him to go through everything he went through to secure a, a path for you to be saved. And that you sit there and go, well, I just don't want to go down that road because I don't like blood. I don't like the way that God designed this to do. Guess what? It doesn't matter what you think. I, I don't mean to be gruff, but here's the thing. God has two plans. You're either for him or you're against him. There's no other road. You're either going to do it God's way or you're going to suffer the opposite way. God God did everything that he could to prove his love for you. God demonstrated his love towards you in that while you were still in your sin, he came and died for you. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, 8. It says that he died for you. He died for me because he loved you. That's sacrificial, man. He was willing, even though you could turn your back on him, he said, I don't care. I love them that much. I love them this much. I'm willing to go to the cross in their place because there's no hope for them otherwise. I don't know if I can pound it into our heads and into our hearts any further than this. Gang, there's no hope for us apart from the cross. There's no hope for us apart from the blood that Jesus shed for you and I. And that that tomb door is standing open is the proof that God received the sacrifice. That's why this day is a glorious day. Because we now have freedom. We now have forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, but only on those who are born again. As Jesus said there in John chapter 1, for as many as received him, to them he gave the power. To them he gave the power. Not everyone, but to them he gave the power. Those who received him, he gave the power to become sons of God, even to them who believed on his name. How about you? I hope that today, Easter makes a little bit more sense. It's not about bunnies. It's about a lamb. It's not about chocolate. It's about blood.
It's about love. It's about sacrifice. The precious blood, that magnificent fluid that flowed through the veins of Jesus. One drop. A half a drop. Ah, my Christ would save your soul. But it's up to you and me. And that's where he put the ball in our court. Do you have a relationship with him? Do you have a do you have a relationship with Christ? Do you have you ever accepted Christ? Have you ever understood that's why he went to the cross? Your blood could not pay for your own sin. As sacrificial as you'd want to make it, your blood is tainted. It's not good enough to pay for your own sin. It's tainted, it's bad. It's passed on with sin. That's why Jesus came of a virgin. To have a pure blood. That's why he had no kids. So it wouldn't continue to perpetuate a sinless line of people. Jesus, one person, had a pure blood. And that pure blood had to be shed for you and I. Once and for all. He doesn't have to continue. As Hebrews chapter 9 says, he doesn't have to continue to be suffering. He doesn't have to continue to be sacrificed. He did it once and for all and it was big enough and good enough and great enough for you and for me. Have you been washed? As we just sang here just a few minutes ago, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments white? Are they white as snow? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? It sounds gross, but it's God's way. The Lamb of God. Jesus Christ, he died on a cross for you. He shed his precious blood for you. Blood, the amazing fluid, shed for you, shed for me. Father, right now we come before you. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone in here that has never accepted you, that, Lord, right now they can simply do that. That maybe today there's somebody in this room that has recognized for the very first time in their life that Wow, I I guess I didn't really know why Jesus went to the cross, why his blood had to be shed. I don't don't know that I ever really knew that. I, I don't know that I ever really have accepted that. I don't know that I'm really a child of God. I don't know if today, if I were to die, I'd go to heaven because I... I don't know that I've ever really had a relationship with God. Oh, I I know that there is a God. And I even believe that there's a Jesus. And and, and I, I know that history says that he died on a cross and he rose again. I, I'd say I, yeah, I think I kind of believed it. Today, If you want to be sure, simply open your heart to the Lord. Recognize the the great effort that God went through to secure your salvation as a free gift. And it's simply there for the for the ache for the taking and for the asking. You simply just gotta ask. If that's you, you can open your heart right now and just, Lord, take my sin. Just pray that. Lord, take my sin. 
Wash me clean with your blood. You died on that cross for me. I'm personalizing it, Lord. Yes, you died on the cross for the world. But I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to look at it for what you've done. And, And Lord, you did that for me. And so, Father, I'm going to come before you right now and I'm just asking you, Lord, that you would forgive me of my sin. You'd cleanse me. You'd make me new. Help me, Lord, to be a Christian from this day forward. Take my sin. Make me clean. I want to be yours. I want to be a child. Even as we have, Pastor Don has just said here just a few minutes ago, as what John chapter 1 said, For as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children. I want to be a child. I want, Lord, you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sin. I want you, Lord, to come into my heart and make me a new creature. Help me, Lord, to live for you from this day forward. I pray, Lord, that I will never look upon Easter the same way again. That I understand that Easter is about you and a suffering Savior who loved mankind so much that he would be willing to die on a cross for me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you, Lord, for for doing that for mankind. Thank you, Lord, that I have taken that upon my own life for my own forgiveness. I've personalized your death on the cross. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to be your child from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for Easter. Thank you, Lord, for this resurrection day. Lord, thank you that that door is open and there's no body in there. Thank you that your blood was su- sufficient. It was, it was good enough to pay for my, for my sin. Thank you, Lord. For the rest of us, Lord, thank you for just reminding us once again what Easter is all about. God, thank you for loving us the way you have. And the victory you have given to us, Lord, because of the blood, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We love you, God. We dedicate the rest of this day and the rest of our lives to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.